Entrepreneur on Fire, 835. I wake up every day and I'm like, I cannot believe that we pulled this off. John Lee Dumas and TheWebinarCourse.com have arrived. Create amazing webinars in 10 days and ignite. Protect your company information from hackers and other disasters with Abaxio's Instant Recovery Solutions, which comes with a $1 million guarantee against a hack or breach. Learn more at abaxio.com slash fire. That's A-B-A-X-I-O dot com slash fire. Try GoToMeeting for free today to see what it can do for you. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free for 30 Days button. That's GoToMeeting.com for your free 30-day trial. Fire Nation, the countdown has commenced. John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Alex Bloomberg. Alex, are you prepared to ignite? I am. Yes. Alex is a radio journalist and CEO of the podcast network Gimlet Media. For years, he was a producer for This American Life, where his work won numerous awards. Alex also co-founded Planet Money. Recently, the interactive web documentary Planet Money Makes a T-Shirt won an Emmy. And Alex has worked as a social worker, a caterer, and an eighth grade science teacher. Alex, given Fire Nation just a little insight, so share more about you personally than expand upon your biz. Sure. As you might have gathered from my bio, I, I backed into entrepreneurship. I did not start out that way. In fact, this is the uh, this is the first. I was. I think this is the first full time job I've ever ha- being the CEO of my own company is the first full time job I've ever had <laughs> in the for profit sector. <laughs> So, uh, so that's, yeah, so that's where I come from. I, you know, um, and I got in through journalism, you know, I was in, I was doing, I, I, you know, I I bumped around a little bit in my youth and then I got into, uh, got into journalism in my late twenties and really, you know, loved it, found myself, discovered, you know, how how much I loved it, did that, you know, audio journalism in particular at This American Life and then later at Planet Money and NPR, um, did that for, you know, 15 years or so. And as I was doing it, I sort of realized like this thing that I'm doing, like compared to a lot of other things that are happening in journalism, there's a growing audience for this, for the kind of work that we're doing. They want more. You know, there's not many people who have the skills to make this kind of stuff just because, you know, it was pretty much public radio and that was it. There wasn't really, it's not like in the magazine world or the TV world where there's lots and lots of different companies doing this sort of thing. And there's lots and lots of places to build these skills of sort of narrative, you know, audio journalism. Uh, you know, it, there, there just aren't that many shops, you know, that do it. Um, and so it felt like, okay, uh, this is an this is an opportunity, um, and so I, I was sort of I felt like sort of compelled, like sort of drawn into it, really, um, just because like I knew there was a demand uh, and I knew there was an opening, um, and uh, and and I kept thinking about like, well, somebody should do it, and then finally, finally, I was like, well, I, I guess I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's that Gandhi quote: sometimes you just have to be that change you want to see in the world. And Alex, what I think is so powerful about what you're talking about is what you saw out there was something that you had a very unique ability for. But even with that said, I mean, let's be honest, and you are so honest throughout your (laughs) podcast startup, there's a lot of terror involved. There's a lot of paralyzing fear that's involved. You know, a lot of people would have viewed your position at NPR with much envy and still do. I mean, you were producing top-ranked podcasts. All appeared to be great. You had an Emmy. You know, you're doing some amazing things. So, what was that final push? Like, what was that reason you did take that entrepreneurial leap? 
I mean, I think it was a couple of things. I think, I think, I think the part of it was that I'm producing the stuff that has that a lot of people value, and the, and there is actual financial value in, and I don't own any of it. That was part of it. Like I, I just wanted to, I wanted to have like act, you know, literal ownership over the stuff that I was creating, and you know, because of you know the internet and digital, you know, distribution and all that sort of stuff, you, you finally can't like, you, you know, one can now, uh, you know, it's not like when I started in public radio where you needed the satellite system to, to distribute your content. <laughs> now anybody can do it. Um, so, so that was part of it, but part of it was sort of like, I had a, I had a vision of sort of what kind of place I wanted, which was, you know, which was the kind of company where like people with a good idea can come and, you know, develop and execute that good idea. Um, and that's hard, like it's sort of an incubator for like, good new content um and like that's sort of like a you know a, a production house and a network in in the best sense of the word where where like where you actually have content creation expertise and editorial expertise as well as you know sort of like how do you market how do you distribute all that other stuff that that, that a network can provide um and that's one of the things that i felt like even though the public radio system is pretty 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 large and widely distributed there isn't a lot of like um support for new ideas, you know, and they're, they're trying and I think they're changing and I think they're going to get better at it. But, but I was feeling like if there was, there was a lot of people that I saw in the system that had like, that were, that were really talented, really good people that if you just like sort of gave them a little bit of money and a little bit of guidance, they were going to produce something pretty great. Um, but there just wasn't a, there wasn't a place to do that, you know? So it was, that was partly, I wanted to just create this, this thing where I could take what I saw as a lot of raw talent and try to turn it into something amazing. Something that I was seeing through your process, and this is from the perspective of myself launching in 2012 and, and then watching you having established your name, your credibility, and unbelievable skills throughout your decades of work. Were you seeing people like Mark Marin, Joe Rogan, Adam Carolla just doing amazing things, not only with their podcast, but financially? I mean, was that some kind of draw into taking that final leap? Oh yeah, absolutely. I saw Mark Marin and I saw what he was doing and I saw that he was being successful and sort of like, and you got a sense that he was building an audience and he was getting a lot of attention, but he was also, you got a sense being financially successful right. and same thing with like Corolla. And then, and then there was other ones like this, this guy, Roman Mars, who, who does this podcast called 99% Invisible. It's a podcast about design, which sounds like it would be, it would be awful because it's all about stuff that you can't see, but it's great. It's like these, it's these sort of really interesting little stories about, you know, design and the built environment and architecture. He was finding this audience. And so I, I talked to all these people, like I, and I reached out to all these people who were doing it. So I reached out to, uh, Jeff Ulrich at Earwolf. Who was you know Earwolf is the is the comedy podcasting company. They were launching a bunch of stuff, and I talked to him. I actually reached out to Mark Maron's producer and talked. Oh, wow. I had a nice conversation with him, uh, and I reached out to Roman Mars at Ninety Nine Percent Invisible and talked to him. Um, and and I talked to them, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, we're doing it. We're surviving, and not only are we surviving, we're we're sort of growing." And nobody was like raking it in. Nobody was like a millionaire. They were very optimistic. You know, right. and you could sense that talking to them. And I was like, yeah, there's, there's a, there's an opportunity. Yeah. It was actually Jeff Ulrich that found me late in 2012. And I remember having a great conversation with him and he was oh, just, really? yeah, he was just about to start his company, the mid roll. And he was like, John, I'm looking for a business podcast to put in this. I have a lot of great comedy podcasts to get a lot of numbers, but we don't have the niche listeners, so to speak. And I think that business could really be cool for that. So he brought me on way back when I wasn't even getting that many listens per episode. And I've just grown with that company. Oh, that's amazing. 
Oh, so they still sell your ads? They still sell my ads, themidroll.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we use them too. Uh, they, they, they sell our ads as well. They're, they're, and they're a great company. And that was a great business. I mean, I think he was like yes. early on, like the, he, he saw that like podcasting is, there's a, there's a big independent spirit and there's a lot of independent podcasters out there who don't want to hassle with lining up sponsors themselves. I think it was actually Jeff that put you and I in contact right before we went up to create oh, a live. Really? And that's when oh, we had okay. our conversation. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. God. Oh, time flies. So one thing that I really wanted to focus on, Alex, was mm-hmm. your show, Startup. For uh-huh. any Fire Nation listeners that aren't listening, I would have, a couple episodes ago, Alex, I would have said, I'm sure everybody's heard of the show, Startup. But just like you made the mistake with Serial, I'm not going to yeah. make that mistake <laughs> with Fire Nation. So Fire Nation, I hope you've heard of Startup. And I'm not going to say you're under a rock if you haven't, but it's an amazing show. Alex you know, talks about his journey And it's been quite the evolution, Alex. I mean, from struggling to get funding to absolutely crushing your funding rounds that, you know, I was, it was a blast to be a part of. And then the demands of running a company, juggling burnout, you know, which you just very clearly outlined in episode 12. So let's start with that first point. What was the hardest point in part about getting funding when you were just getting going? Oh, I mean, the hardest, I mean, there's so much, well, it was, it was brand new for me and it was like, um, the, the hardest part was, was just, the, you know, just the, the emotion, you know, this imposter syndrome, you know, it's sort of like, am I, like, I'm going out there and I'm sort of like saying like, to who am I to ask for money? Yeah. <laughs> who am I to ask for money? <laughs> I am, I have this claim that I, that I, that I'm going to create a company, but right now it's just me and like, you know. I've I've uh, reg- an, a registered domain name. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, <laughs> uh, but so, you had a resume. You had a resume. I had a resume. No, I and I had a resume. So that was the thing. But like, and that was the other thing is sort of like, you know, I, I was older when I started doing this. You know, I was in my late forties, um, and and so that both works for you and against you. On the one hand, it you 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 have something of a track record. So so you can point to people and say, "Look, I did win these awards. I did do this work. I I am I I have a track record of at least getting some stuff done." <laughs> and to break in real quick, yeah. I can share, you know, with Fire Nation at Creative Live you've built an audience. Like people are coming up to you and saying, Alex, I've listened to you for years. Like I'll listen to you, whatever you do, wherever you go. So that built an audience that you've created is incredibly valuable too. Right. Yeah. And that was, yeah, exactly. So like, and I've been on the radio for a long time and yeah, so there's, there's, there's people that, that know me now. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, like being, you know, sort of like, that's also sort of hard because like, yeah, I gotten a little bit used to being like, <laughs> you know, a respected figure in my little world. And, and then you, you go out and you're like, you're, t- you're I'm pitching all these like tech investors who, who are used to dealing with like, you know, Twitter and Uber and like these monster companies right. with the, like, with, you know, that have like teams of engineers. From Where's the hundred X value here? <laughs> yeah. like, and just sort of like, who am I? Like I have like, I have a nice little resume in this nice little world of public radio, but like compared to the wide world, it just sort of made me, it just puts you in, you know, in front of your own insignificance all over again, you know? And that's hard to deal with. Like, it's hard to be like, right. I'm, I'm not a big shot. Like I'm, I'm still pretty much small fry. Uh, and I gotta, I gotta tell, you know, I've, I've, I've got to tell this story to people and it's like, it's just emotionally tricky, you know, like just the, like, and I'm just being honest here, you know, you, you, you feel those feelings and, and, and you got to figure out some way of dealing with them. Alex, there was something else that you had that I'm not that surprised didn't come up, but it's actually something that I talk about on Entrepreneur Fire 
quite a bit. Would you like to hear mm-hmm. it? Yes, please. <laughs> you had the baby effect. You have this child in the world. Yeah. You have a family. And yeah. when that happens, and I've talked to now over 870 entrepreneurs, your episode 835, but I've recorded up through 870. And it is so common when we get to that inflection point of, my guests, you know, they were failing, 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 so many different ventures and, and struggles and opportunities lost. Then something happened. They had a family to support and nothing was going to get in their way. And for you, Alex, uh-huh. you made that leap and you were out there and it was scary, but there was no failing. There was no going back because you have these responsibilities. You have this backbone now that you are not going to fail. And I've just seen that be such a powerful motivator for so many entrepreneurs. Have you found that to be the case for you? It is. I mean, I think it gives you motivation. I mean, you know, I think like anything, it's both a good thing and a bad thing. It's a bad thing because I am, I just absolutely have less time. Like there's just no two ways about it. I cannot work all the time and I could have worked all the time before and I can't now. Like I I can't. So I gotta, you know, and, um, and, and I won't like, uh, you know, that like my kids are the most important, you know, my family is the most important thing in my life without any doubt. So that will always come first. Um, but that also like, so, so on the one hand, you're not as, you know, you're not as productive. You're just not. On the other hand, um, it gives you a focus that I think is really helpful and it makes you prioritize. If you can work all the time, you just try to do everything. Right. And if you can't work all the time, you have to prioritize like what is the most important thing for me to be spending my time doing and, and I'm going to do that. Um, and then the other thing is that it helps you deal with the emotion. Like it does, it is like, I mean, it's cheesy to say, but your family is a really, it's a source of emotional strength. Yes, to you, of course. You know? And like, and it really does. You can have a bad pitch and then you come home and, you know, your kids crawl all over you and, and like, and that's what feels important. And your wife's like, uh, toughen up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you, yes, exactly. But one point I want to make, Alex, is that being able to work all the time doesn't always equate to being productive. And you alluded to yeah. this, but I really want to pull this out. There's something that I love focusing on, and that's Parkinson's law, that tasks will expand to the time that you allot them. And guess yeah. what? If you only allot eight hours or 10 hours in a day because you are adamant that you are going to have that family time, you are going to get what needs to get done in those 10 hours or find people that will. So it's going to make you a more overall productive person because of that Parkinson's law. What are your thoughts? I agree. I agree. And, and, but what that means, I th- so a corollary to that is that, um, especially I guess when you're in that sort of a high profile startup experience like I am, like I think a lot of startup founders, like this is both like, a blessing and a curse, right? Like everybody is now hearing what we're doing. So we have a built-in audience, which is helpful. Yes. Very helpful. And it was very helpful. Like, I don't think we would have raised around as quickly if we hadn't been doing this podcast. There's no question we would have raised it as quickly. Um, uh, and we wouldn't have raised it as quickly. So, so that's helpful. But on the other hand, a lot of people are like, hey, this is great. Can we collaborate on this? And hey, this is great. Can we collaborate on that? Mm-hmm. And what I have to get better at doing is because I have this limited amount of time is just saying, saying no. But that's tricky because you're like, well, what if the, I'm saying no to what will end up being an amazing opportunity here? And what if I want to say no now, but like later I want to say yes? How do I manage that relationship so that I can say no now, but still be able to say yes later? It's really tricky. So I don't know. Email management is really like become a thing, you know, (laughs) where I I have to figure out how to exactly respond to everybody in the right diplomatic way. Um, And it's, it's, that's tricky. 
Check out the tool Sane Box. I'll, I'll email it to Caitlin, and uh, it's, it's, it's been a lifesaver for me as far as email management. And Alex, yeah. my 2015 has been a Derek Sivers quote. If it's yeah. not a hell yeah, it's a no. Uh-huh. That's, that's just this point that we sometimes have to get to is that if we're not right. absolutely like this is an absolute no-brainer, I'm, f- I'm fired up about this, I want to do it, it's a no. And it's a polite no. And it's just saying, no, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. thank you for the opportunity, but I have to you know, say no. Which is why, honestly, Alex, I'm so thankful and honored that, that you've joined us here today. I know Fire oh, Nation, well, you know, who's listening around the world, is really appreciative of this. And, and they're going to continue to support you in your journey along the way. And I kind of want to do bring it back to that journey. Because when you did get that momentum started, Alex, when you started getting those funding dollars rolling in, it's kind of a funny thing about momentum, isn't it? Like it really starts to build up and it seemed like you went from so in the dark and just struggling to all of a sudden what am I going to do with my boatload of millions that are flying <laughs> in the door like there's a guy taking me out to lunch trying to hand me a check for $50,000 like talk about that that well that was just surreal yeah you know I mean it and it happened very quickly it happened very quickly but it's like anything it's like once people see that you are on once Nobody wants to make the first move. But then there's FOMA, fear of missing out. Fo- yeah, FOMA was, was really powerful. And, and I talked, like my first conversation, I, I talked with you know, one of my, the, my key investors, this guy, Chris Saka, about um, that. And he talked about FOMO and how investors feel FOMO when they miss out on a deal that could be huge. Um, and, uh, and I remember thinking like, man, I can't imagine that we'll ever have FOMO. And then sure enough, we had it. <laughs> You know, I, uh, I experienced it. Let me tell you my story real quick. Yeah. So like I always listen to startup, but not obviously the minute that it gets released. I just, it gets uh-huh. updated and then I go for a run and I listen one day randomly. I'm just like, I'm going to do a quick workout right here in my living room because I have an appointment that I got to be on in like an hour. So I just started doing a little P90X and I downloaded the latest startup and I'm doing the, the, the jumping jacks to warm up. And you're talking, you're saying at 12 o'clock Eastern, we're opening funding. And I turn around and look at my clock and it's 9.01 Pacific. I'm like, this is a sign. So I jumped on my computer. I went to AlphaWorks and I did all the thing. And then it's like, oh, you have to be an accredited investor. And it has like, you either have to make $500,000 two years in a row or have a million dollars liquid assets in the bank. So I'm like, I had had to email my CPA who was just like usually in appointments, but he happened to be there. So he's like, yeah, I'll sign it because, you know, he verified that I met those criteria. And then- Boom, I submitted and I just waited. And then I went and did my workout and I came back and I hit refresh and it said, you know, funding round has been closed. And I'm like, what? And then like I heard like a day later that I was in and I was like, yes, this is so amazing. Because, you know, for me, it's so fun to have had so much success because of podcasting and to take some of that revenue that's been generated directly from the podcast and to be investing it into somebody that I believe in so much, you, Alex, and what you're doing, it's, it's just been a dream. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you are with us, and I'm so glad Thank that you, you invested. And, and I'm so glad that, uh, that you got in because, it was, I mean, again, that was just sort of like, that was when we knew, like, okay, the, everything, the tide has shifted. <laughs> you know, because we, we went on and we did this episode we were talking about. We wanted to open it up to our listeners and sort of have this, we did it through this crowd investing platform called AlphaWorks. And, yeah, I think it was, it was like an hour or two yeah. when we were raising... $250,000 through AlphaWorks and it was closed after, after an hour or two. Yeah. And it was only supposed to be 200, but people snuck in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, and we, well, the, the demand was so strong. We just like opened up another 50 grand just to let more people in. Cause like, 
because then it's yeah and it's funny like um you know and that was one of the things like that was sort of like it's it's an obvious uh it's an obvious problem but like when we were thinking about you know, people talk about Kickstarter versus, you know, something like a crowd investing thing like AlphaWorks. And the main difference is that the more money that comes in on Kickstarter, the better off you are because you're not giving away anything for that money. But when it's, when it's, when it's investing, like, you know, you can only get up to a certain limit. Otherwise you're, you're, you know, otherwise <laughs> no more you know, equity for equity. Alex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's this, it, it's a, it was a really interesting, uh, dynamic. And, and I think, but it was, it was, that was, a, that was a great experience. And that was really, that really put us over the, over the edge, over the top there. So Alex, that's something that rightfully so you're incredibly proud of. You've proven the concept. A lot of people are on board. I know it's all the buzz in the podcasting communities everywhere I look. Now, one thing that I really got kind of want to shift to here is your success that you've had bringing on other current successful podcasters and broadcast hosts from the more traditional positions into your company. Can you talk about that? Like with Alex Goldman and now your current host? I mean, those have been some Muhammad Ali-like moves to snag these people. You know, you're flown like a butterfly, my friend. Like, talk to us about this. Like, what has been that process? Uh, well, the process has been, I mean, I think part of it is sort of is, is I think one of the things that, that, um, that I, I have really benefited from in my, in my career as a, as a journalist is <clears throat> a situation at This American Life and at Planet Money where there's a really collaborative editorial environment. And I think, uh, and I think it's something a little bit of like a secret sauce, like where, where editing is like this, um, is, is this elevated, uh, position or profession at those places in a way that I don't think it is everywhere, or at least it's not seen in exactly the same way. And and I think that's the kind of thing where I'm that I'm trying to set up, where where sort of like it is a true collaboration to make things better. And people who care about their work, I think, are, are seeking that kind of environment out. So I think, so I think that's part of what I'm. I hope the value prop is for people who are coming to work for us is that is that you know, this is one of the best places that you could go if what you want to do is, is, is produce the, the, the best work you're capable of. Um, we, that's what we care the most about. And that's what we're going to try to, that's what we're set up to try to help you do. Um, so I think that's one, one part of it. And then the other part of it is sort of like people, you know, it's just exciting to be sort of like, um, you know, to be part of the fast moving startup and, and sort of to see, you know, all everybody that I've, that I've brought on also sees the potential and sees that like, you know, it, you know, compared to like a lot of people are coming from public radio and compared to what pu- public radio has done his- historically, there's so many more possibilities, you know, now, uh, and, and that, and that they're really eager to sort of try stuff out. Um, and so, so I think that's, you know, people are, you know, excited to, you know, experiment and try new things. Now it's also terrifying. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, so one of the, so, so, uh, one of the people that we hired is Lisa Chow, who was, you know, who was a, uh, one of the, you know, a great, great, uh, reporter. She's a business reporter. She worked with me at, at Planet Money. She also, uh, worked at 538, you know, that, um, the, the news and politics site. Um, and, uh, she was an editor there and we hired her from there. So that was, and that was just like, we just felt like, you know, we won the lottery there. Right. Um, and then, you know, and Alex and PJ have this track record as, as hosts of, of a show that they did called TLDR and we brought them on to host, uh, the new show Reply All. Um, 
and they've just been flourishing. I mean, it's just like great to see. Like they're just doing some amazing work, and you know, it's just except for a couple of missed dental appointments and <laughs> except for a couple, except for their <laughs> their. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I know uh, I can say this because it was on the podcast. <laughs> it was on the podcast. No, no. I mean, it was all very much like, and that's it's, that's a tricky thing. I mean, like that's the, that's the like on the one hand, and on the one hand, you know, people are excited. You know, they want to work hard. You know, and that's that's great. And but then you you sort of like you can get into the situation where you're working all the time and you're so engaged, and then all of a sudden you sort of it, in your mind it turns, even though you're you're in many ways it's something you want to do, it becomes, you know, something that you resent. Uh, and, and I, and I feel like that's something, you know, that as a, as a manager and as somebody running the company, I have to, I have to be aware of, you know, is that like, you know, trying to make it so that people, even if they're not actively saying like, I need a break that they, that they're, that they there's need some a break. Built in. Yeah. That was one of the most powerful parts of your latest podcast episode, episode 12, Burnout, was when one of your employees said, I went from being so all in to this company and just doing, I would lay my life down for it to wanting to burn this place to the ground in the matter <laughs> right. of a couple hours. Now, of course, you know, that was a 4 a.m. comment, you know, that she was referring yeah. back to when she yeah, woke yeah. up in the morning and she was in love again. Yeah. How much is getting a slice of the pie important here? I mean, now you have Alex and PJ and some other people that you brought on, you know, they've been working forever producing great work for that salary, for that paycheck, but now it's more. Do you see excitement there is i know it excites you does it excite them too oh yeah i mean i think that's definitely part of it that the fact that they could be um that they could be participating in the upside if there is upside um i i think you know i think it's the whole package like that's definitely part of it it's definitely part of the pitch that we made it's definitely part of what people responded to but if it was just that and not the other stuff not that like you know and we're we're committed to making you know sort of like to helping you make the best work that you can make that i, I don't think it would work but if it was just like hey come here and we'll 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 pay you the same salary that you right. got and we'll just help you i don't know if that would have that wouldn't make it worth the risk you know to people so i think it's both yeah you balance that risk reward very nicely and Alex, you've had a lot of successes thus far, but if you could just pin the tail on the donkey of what you consider your most, let's say your biggest success, what would it be? I think this, this so far, this is like, this is the, I mean, I feel, I mean, I, I wake up every day and I'm like, I cannot believe that we pulled this off. Like I walk into the office and I look around and I'm like, we have 12 employees, you know? Wow. And, and like... This summer we didn't. I, it was this. This is this didn't exist. It right. was a dream, right. you know. Um, and uh, and that feels like that feels, you know, when the, the the clouds of worry and anxiety dispel for a second, it's like there's like this, you know, sunlight of pure awesomeness, <laughs> and, then the, <laughs> and then the clouds of anxiety come back in. But like, uh. Uh, yeah, but no, it's like in those moments where it's like the sort of like the, you know, the gospel record cover album cover. And like, there's this like sunshine <laughs> down. I'm like the age insane. of Aquarius everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So Alex, yeah. you have had even more success with a couple of these podcasts that you've launched startup and reply L, even than you initially expected so much so that you talked very openly about stepping up the timeline a little bit about getting more things in place, which obviously led to some discussions in episode 12 about burnout. That being said, what is your vision as you go forward with Gimlet Media? Where do you see it over the next three to five years? Like what's, what's that going to be like when you walk in five years from now? 
Oh, five years from now. Well, so five years from now, I think we want to be, you know, a a large major media company with a bunch of different um, audio based products, but also that have that have sort of crossover. Like audio, I think will always be our home, but if we have crossover into other types of publishing, either like TV or books or other kinds of media. Um, and I think what we want to do is we want to have just a bunch of different sort of uh, verticals that we're, that, we're, that we're producing. And I think right now we're focusing mainly on sort of like narrative nonfiction because that's the, sort of the world I came out of and that's what I feel comfortable in. But as we go forward, we want to expand into all sorts of types of things, you know, scripted series, you know, so fiction, um, Educational properties. I think there's a huge, you know, huge, a huge. Like, I feel like if you look at the, the the top of you know iTunes right now, a lot of them are sort of like people wanting to self improve, uh, and I feel like we're, there's a lot of stuff that we could do with that. Um, you know, I don't want to give away my whole playbook, but uh, of course uh, not. I think, well, <laughs> <laughs> but I think there, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things we want to do. I think you're smart by diversifying, and that's really huge. Is to getting different streams of revenue out there, and even kind of reinforce what you're talking about about looking at iTunes and seeing a lot of educational things that are there. Like I've seen personally a lot of success. I just launched two 20 episode podcasts. They're just that's it. They're just a standalone. One's called Free Podcast Course. One's called The Webinar Course, and they just teach people via podcast how to do those things, and they're evergreen. That's it. Like that, there's no more going to be added to it. And, you know, that's getting massive results because people are, are going to that automobile university and then you can lead them back to your website and back to, you know, an, an upsell or another paid course. So there's a lot of things that you're going down and directions that you're taking that I personally love and totally agree with. So Fire Nation, a lot of things to think about, you know, as you're building your empires as well. And, and one of the things that I think that we want to do, and you've talked to me about this as, as well, but I think, you know, a, a really powerful thing that you do that, I, that, we, that we want to start experimenting with later this year is you know like the, the webinar yeah. and and just sort of like giving you know people like that creative life course you know people want to that we have stuff that people want to learn that we can teach uh and so we want to try to and, and we want to you know start se- selling that stuff to people i think i think those could be really popular and, and 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 good products for for people and i think that could be a really nice revenue stream for our company as well so we want to we want to that's the other thing, place we want to start ex- right now you know, our only source of revenue is from ads. Um, and, but we want to diversify that as well. And I think there's lots of ways to diversify the revenue. The webinar course podcast, Alex, have Caitlin put it on her to-do list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like her, her uh, six mile long right. to-do list. <laughs> poor, poor girl. She's been amazing though. So Alex, I have some doozy questions coming up, but let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Because not everyone lives in the 65 degrees plus climate that we have in San Diego, bad weather, roads closing, and people homesick can pose quite the challenge when you're trying to hold a meeting. But you still need to get work done. Deadlines won't wait. That's why I recommend Citrix GoToMeeting. Using GoToMeeting helps you work smarter. It's a great way to meet with clients, customers, and even your own team from the convenience of your own computer, tablet, or smartphone. All you have to do is click a link. You can turn on your webcam and read the room with HD video conferencing, plus share screens to demo new products, explain features, review documents, and get feedback in real time. I want you, Fire Nation, to sign up for GoToMeeting today. Try it free for 30 days, nothing to lose. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free button. Do it now and you can have your first meeting up and running in minutes. That's GoToMeeting.com for your free 30-day trial. 
How long does it take for your company to recover from a hacker or data disaster? Whether it was due to a server malfunction, ransomware, or other natural disaster like fire or flood, it's not a fun situation to be in. I speak from personal experience. Your initial thought is probably something like, when will my site be back up and running? But in addition, you're constantly wondering if you get your data back or not. But with a system like Abaxios, you can be sure that no matter what the scenario, your server will be back up and running instantly. Plus, Abaxio tests itself monthly, so you you know exactly how long it would take to recover your data in the event of a disaster. It also comes with a $1 million guarantee backed by AIG and Lloyds of London. Your website is your home base. Make sure it's protected with the Baxio cybersecurity, serving businesses across North America for 15 years. Learn more at abaxio.com slash fire. That's A-B-A-X-I-O dot com slash fire. So Alex, yeah. as we're wrapping up here, I want to take Fire Nation inside your mind into what I call the one minute mindset, which again is just five questions inside your mind, about 60 seconds each. And ideally, this is number one, what do the first 60 minutes of your day look like? The first 60 minutes um, are our family. Uh, uh, you know, I get out of bed and maybe, um, and I've, and maybe I'll, I'll like, peek at my phone just to make sure that there's nothing super urgent. <laughs> I know. Uh, and then, uh, and then, you know, I usually, I usually come down and I make breakfast for my kids and I try to get them ready to go out the door. And you know, the first 60 minutes of my day are, are all family. Cool. I love it. That's the insight we're looking yeah. for. What's your biggest weakness currently, Alex, as an entrepreneur? Um, oh God, where to start? I think my biggest weakness, um, I think that I want to probably still please everybody too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I think I got to get better at saying no, um, is, is, uh, I think that's the, the biggest one. And I think also, um, and this is something that I wrestle with and I think it's been, we've talked about it on the podcast. I come out of a tradition of sort of like, it's like almost like an art, you know, like what motivated me for many, many years yeah. was like, was making something like was aesthetics almost, you know, like making something that I felt like was artistically satisfying. And that was my, that was my single goal. Um, and like making, building a great business has never been something that I've like focused on. And I feel like I have, you know, and I, and I, and now I, that's what I want to do. And I feel like I have the capabilities, but I think I still find myself like, what, what, what artistically pleases me about the stuff that we're putting out. And I think there's going to come a moment where, I'm going to have to like figure out like, you know, what do I prioritize? What's your biggest strength as an entrepreneur? I think I'm like believably optimistic. Uh, and I think I, I think I, I can, I, I think I can surf more or less surf crisis. Okay. Um, you know, I think coming out of this, you know, career in journalism where you have, you have to get out every single week, right. no matter what, and sometimes it's going to suck and sometimes it's not. And just believing, having faith that things will work out and then they work out. I think that was really good training. And so, so I, I, I think that's one of my strengths. But what's a habit that you wish you had? Oh, I wish I was just more disciplined with time management. That's something that like, I'm, I just, I, I, I wish I had. I wish I had like a little bit more. I wasn't that it wasn't always like, where'd I put that thing? (laughs) What's next to my calendar? And you know, welcome to being a human, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) My friends, let's end today on fire with you sharing with my audience, one parting piece of guidance, the best way we can connect with you. Then we'll say goodbye. All right. Uh, So 
my my parting piece of guidance is uh, your first draft always sucks. Everybody's first draft always sucks, and that's why you know the biggest part of success is just doing it again and again. And, and just trying to make it better. And uh, you can reach us through GimletMedia.com. That's where all our shows are up on our website there. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at Gimlet Media or the Startup Podcast at Podcast Startup or our other show, Reply All, at Reply All. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with Alex and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Alex in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up with all the shows that he's mentioned, all the links to everything that Gimlet Media has going on. And Alex, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Thank you so much for joining me today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head over to eofire.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Is it time to create an amazing webinar you love? Well, you can in just 10 days with our free course at thewebinarcourse.com. Ignite. Ignite.